You remember that time we were in the lunchroom and we were watching Star Trek because I put it on because yeah. the, the satellite had been taken out for a couple of weeks? Yep. And I, we had the Netflix password on? Yep. Okay, so uh, there's an episode where Mr. Data um, like g- goes into, like, he tries to learn how what sleep is like. And he has a dream that there's like a like a, a phone in the one guy's chest, and then yeah. no, the phone is in Data's chest. Oh, okay, that's right, right. Yeah, it's like and an then, old school telephone. And Commander Rackers really p- pissed off about it, and then and then some for some reason he looked at me and goes, "Yeah, s- sometimes a cigar is just a cigar, and sometimes a cigar is just a big black dick." Neat, neat that you guys had that interaction. <laughs> Hi, I'm Jamie. I'm Andre. And I'm Mitch. And you're listening to Zero HP. This is our... It's almost a question. Like, what are we listening uh, to? It's you're episode 11. To the, the, the episode what? 11 of Zero HP. Is it episode 11? It's a, uh, no, 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 it's episode 12. Episode yeah. 12 of Zero HP. It's episode 12? Our, our re- oh, it is. Episode 11 was a World War II. Yeah, bo- that's why it was episode 11, because the two lines. We planned it. Our uh, our podcast is like Electronic Gaming Monthly, except it's Electronic Gaming Quarterly. It's more like Electronic Whenever is Possible Gaming Edition. Mitch, why don't you tell us about what we were playing this week? It was your idea. It was your idea, but well, okay, okay. We were playing a game with uh, a Mac in it, and yep. and then I text uh, or sorry, tasked them to play a game with a detective in it. Take it away, Mitch. So I played Virtual On, <laughs> which uh, if you if you don't know what it is, it's an older game, but mid-90s from Sega mm-hmm. uh, that was released primarily in arcades at first and didn't have a few console ports, uh, the most popular of which being the uh, Dreamcast uh, port. Pretty interesting game. What attracted me and a lot of people to is you have your standard arcade cabinet. It's got a nice seat, like one of the racing game seats. But the controller, instead of being a single joystick and some buttons, was two joysticks side by side. Okay. Uh, they had four buttons on them. And basically, you were able to control uh, your Mac by moving the control sticks in unison and then firing with the different buttons. Uh, you could jump by pushing, I think it was inward on each or uh, outward on each one or the other uh, to make your Mac jump up. And each character you could choose, it was a fighting game essentially because the next cockpit next to you was going to be fighting you. It was kind of like a 3D fighting game, but with giant ass mechs hmm. and very unique controls. What did you play on? Uh, so I, I I actually played it most in the arcade uh, when I was growing up. I just recently played it on the Xbox 360 port. That was the version I played. That's a good port. It was a really good port. It was true to it. That my only complaint, of course, is with a controller because you have the two sticks now. It kind of uh, emulates that idea of the two joysticks, but it's not. It's not nearly as enjoyable and tactile is having those two joysticks. I kind of wish I could find it uh, to play it again because you do Jamie kinda probably need has it. I would imagine you don't have the two arcade <laughs> sticks set up like that. For, for the Genesis? or for, Sorry, for the Saturn? Uh, well, d- the Saturn had a port as well in Japan, so the Japanese I, I don't. I don't own that. I own the one, uh, the dual joystick set up for the PlayStation 1. Um, what game was that for? Uh, you can play it with any game. Um, but uh, primarily it was it was for like the Armored Core games, I guess. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Armored Core is beautiful. What was the what was the detective game? You jumped the gun. You skipped the homework. We start with the homework. Oh, uh, it doesn't really matter. Oh. Wait, did we start with the homework? I we always we... start with the homework. I, you know what? It, uh, our listeners may disagree, but uh, <laughs> I don't think it really matters what order <laughs> we go in as long as we talk about something. What? So this was originally an arcade game. Who made it? Sega. Sega? Yeah, and the, the art was produced by the same guy who created all the uh, mechs for Gundam Wing. Oh, okay. That's so nice. It's, it's that artist. So they hired him to create all the mechs for this game. So th- they do kind of look like Gundams uh, in the sense that you have ones that are very thin. You have bulkier ones as well. What's also cool is like traditional fighting games, your movement does is controlled by the character you choose. So sort of like choosing E-Honda for a slower moving character. If you chose one of the... M- bigger mechs you would move slower but you would yeah. have more damage yeah you would you, uh, you, more dps yeah yeah exactly yeah. It, mitch did you ever play that uh star wars arcade cabinet where you sat in it, it and it was like 
it was like was it wireframe or was it vector? So 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 that's the original one. There the were Tie two, Fighter, right? Yeah, there were two. No, not Tie Fighter. Uh, you were an X-wing. You're an X-wing. Yeah, because you're trying to shoot it down the thingy. Yeah. You're trying to shoot down the Death Star. Yeah. yeah. There there were two Star Wars arcade games. There was the one that was the wireframe one. Yeah. Uh, which was, uh, I mean, it was good for the time. Yeah, I think yeah. it came out in the 80s. I think it came out in 80. Or could yeah, yeah. in 80 itself. Uh, it, it, for its time, it looks awesome. Uh, they did have a, another one in the 90s. They kind of remade it in the okay. 90s with uh, then-current graphics. The, the only one with I... With the ha- same concept. Yeah, the only one I've, I have experience with is the Wireframe one. Wireframe runs good. I would really recommend seeking out. It's called Star Wars Classic Trilogy, I think, the, the second one. Yeah. Uh, which is weird because it came out. I'm pretty sure before the prequels. Nice, but the, uh, but it you choose you could choose either the Battle of Yavin, the Death Star, or you could choose Hoth, or you could choose the second Death Star battle. Yeah. So you actually had a choice, and then they even had ground levels where you're on the ground, and then you're just dragging the cursor along to shoot. I I remember that um, like that, an on rail fighter. That arcade game was one of the first that had sounds from the movie in it, and that was. Amazing. Yeah, its audio processing was pretty tight for its time. The tell me about a detective game, by the way. Sorry. So are we just? Uh, is this how we're doing this episode? I don't know. <laughs> I just wanted to ask before. What's how you said it was an arcade port, but yeah. wha- where in the timeline of Earth does it find itself? Is it like a the fuck 80s does that game mean? Or? Oh, uh, Virtual On. Yeah. So Virtual On came out. I want to say ninety five or ninety six originally. Oh, it's a your game. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, that's still 23 years old. <laughs> oh, I just imagine it for some reason like a very old 1985s arcade game. For some oh, reason. no, no, no. This was this was in the mid-90s, kind of at arcade's peak. Back then, you know, what you may not remember was the big thing with consoles was talking about how each game compared to the arcade equivalent. So you would go mm. to the arcades because the arcade was still stronger than what you got at home. So at home, you would have like your Genesis or your Super Nintendo. You'd be like, this looks great. And then you'd go to your arcade and be like, yeah, it looks like shit, actually. The, the mm-hmm. arcade's better. Mm-hmm. Especially with sound. Sound was always better in the arcade. I can see why arcade ports then on the generation immediately after that was so huge. Because the, the PlayStation 1 console had a slew of them. That was the big... Same with the N64. Yeah, that was the big push for uh, that. what is called the fifth generation. So that's Saturn, N64, PlayStation. Uh, because when Sega was making the Saturn, the big thing they wanted was arcade-like graphics. Now, Sega has tons of experience with arcades. The problem was they focused on the 2D graphic engine and not the 3D and they, graphic engine. There was engine. A, a great jump to 3D in the right in the middle there. Right. right. Yeah. And that's th- that, unfortunately, is what really put the nail in, in Sega's coffin before it was even released. The worst thing they did was prep it to look the best for 2D games, not for 3D games. Yeah, and right. it does. Do 3D it, games. it looks great for uh, 2D games. Uh, yeah. a- any 2D game you can get your hands on will look awesome on it. 3D will too. I mean, like Panzer Dragoon is an awesome game. Sure. I think like... Look Nights into Dreams. Time. I remember Nights when dreams, yeah. I got Sonic, the, the 3D Sonic game. I can't uh, remember what Sonic it was called. Sonic 3D Blast. Sonic that was 3D a Genesis Blast. game. Phenomenal game, and it looked super good. I think that was the first time I experienced 3D graphics. Well, uh, I, 3D Blast is kind of interesting because the isometric view yeah. meant that you really only saw things in 2D. But it, it simulated but it was 3D. 3D. Yeah, yeah. It was 3D simulated. It was, a, it was an interesting game. It was very, um, at the time, it was very uh, ambitious to get those kind of graphics. It's it's sort of the same thing with Donkey Kong Country, which I think we talked about before, yeah. how they used 2D sprites to make it look 3D. Yeah. They, yeah. they kind of found a way to give you a 3D look without needing the much more horsepower than what the Super Nintendo could provide. I like the in-between, like Metal Slug. Metal Slug sprites were entirely 2D, but they're so rounded and shaded that they have so many different They have a 3D quality to parts them. Yeah. that the components individually moving makes it look 3D. Mm. Well, that's Neo Geo, right? Like yeah. Neo Geo is... Um, yes. it, it, it's the best hardware for its time by far. It's very expensive. So, yeah, what was the detective game that you played, Mitch? I played a, a game called uh, Ace Attorney uh, about a Phoenix Wright named so Phoenix good. Wright. Yeah. Objection! It's a great game series. I, I, I actually did a lot of research about it, too, because I wanted to be able to talk about it uh, in depth. So it was originally a Game Boy Advance game before mm-hmm. it came to North America, where it was a DS game. And I played on the DS. I played every game until Phoenix Wright stopped being 
the lead attorney. So I think that's the first three or four games. He turned into Harvey Birdman. Uh, yeah, sure. <laughs> we'll go with that. <laughs> but Harvey it, Birdman it, is amazing. If you've never played it, the way that the games work is it's a it's it's really like a graphic novel. There's a lot of text, a lot of cutscenes of it, just almost static images, uh, and it. it Gives you a story where your goal is to basically solve it. You're defending uh, someone accused of usually murder, but some crime. And your goal is to uh, solve the crime by investigating the crime scenes because the detective, whose name is Gumshoe, uh, is not very good at his job. So even though, you know, he's going, he's on the team of the prosecutor, you do, he is a friend. You do kind of work with them. Uh, it has a wicked villain named Miles Edgeworth who is uh, the uh, prosecuting attorney that you uh, go against in the first game. Now, you do each game does introduce new prosecuting attorneys, so they do get their own twists, and they, they have their own uh, kind of special abilities. Not abilities, uh, but their own way of, of... They have, like, stats, kind of. Kind of, but they never, like, do something new in a courtroom. It's not like... Oh, you gotta watch out for you know Gunther. Gunther uses uh, uses uh, just throws the book at the witness. <laughs> it's not. Like it has that. a twenty second cooldown. The judge is always the same <laughs> judge, which I also love because I love the idea of that. Like your first case is like someone stole a statue, and then it's like hard murder, and then it's the same guy who's proceeding over all these crimes again, just like Harvey Birdman. <laughs> yep. Uh, but yeah, that that was the game I chose. It is a detective game, I think, true, uh, very truly, because you do have to investigate. You have to find clues in the trial. After you've done all the clue getting, you you have to present your evidence. That's what I was hoping you wouldn't miss, because that's a I think that's a huge part of those games is yeah. that you're not just watching the game. You are collecting clues, and you can fail at presenting a. Oh yeah, you have to like if you're cross examining, it'll come up yeah. like. You can tell their line, but you have to present the evidence that proves their That's line. That's where the famous objection line comes from, because yeah. you've got to choose to actually, like, object. object. Yeah. And then that's, I think, especially when you talk about uh, the villain, like, he's pretty shitty if you're wrong, and it's it's great. Oh, yeah. You know, Miles Edwards puts up with no shit. Uh, he's awesome. Like I said, he's a great villain. Uh, Phoenix Wright himself, he's okay. I'm not like super in love with him uh, as a as a protagonist. I find he's okay. He yeah. hangs around with, like a, a 16 year old kid or 18 year old kid. It's a very Japanese thing who, to do, though. Who can summon spirits? She's like a psychic. No, and yeah. she got the ability from her sister, who was your original assistant, who died at the before the game or very early on in the game so that's why you have her sister what's great is there's actually a moment where she channels the like kid channels her sister and her sister is a very buxom woman nice the dead lady so all of a sudden it's like a 16 year old girl of huge tits (laughs) you're like i don't feel comfortable about this yeah (laughs) that was a really weird moment i was at niagara falls comic con a couple of years ago and there was a guy walking around with a hat that looked like the Make America Great Again hat, except it just was red and it said anime titties on it. <laughs> I can appreciate it. If there's a place where you can safely wear that hat, it's not a Comic-Con. You know, uh, Phoenix uh, Phoenix Wright has a like soft spot in my heart. Because Why? Because th- those games were the first games that introduced me into Japanese role-play games. Sure. Like Persona 5 for me wasn't the first kind of... There's a lot of dialogue in those No, but I mean, like, not Final Fantasy, not Chrono Trigger. Well, no, because Chrono Trigger Trigger is a heavy gameplay... You're talking about, like, the dialogue. Yeah, exactly. Like, a a dialogue that you would see in, like, almost like a dating sim or, like, the simulation games that Japan has where you role-play as an individual and you persevere through the game like a comic, a visual comic novel. Like, that was the first game that I played that had that. Because Final Fantasy has it, but Final Fantasy's biggest thing that made it great was the gameplay of it. Like, the ability well, fucking to... fucking spiky hair. Wait, well, hold on a swords. second. The gameplay was not, like... No one praised Final Fantasy for the gameplay. I, the so, gameplay is very derivative. Like I think the gameplay is pretty groundbreaking. Like There's not that many games that were quite like it at the time, especially when it, if you were to look at... Dragon Warrior. Dragon Quest. 
the same true. game, but yeah. yeah. But oh, I'm sorry. You're right. For me, the, <laughs> I, I think that when I have these conversations, I realize the difference in what I experienced first and what you would. Because, for instance, King's my first Quest? Final Fantasy King's game Quest was point click. Oh, that's right. Okay. Was sorry. Final Fantasy five, and then I hadn't played one after that till seven, and then ten. So my Final Fantasy experience may be a little bit less. I'm pretty sure you didn't play Final Fantasy five. I don't know. I had this conversation with you. I just couldn't remember which one it was. You played the North American version of Final Fantasy V, which was like Final Fantasy like... Well, I'm pretty sure in North America we got one, then we got two, then we got six. It's the one that starts off with like these mechy robots. That's six. Is that which, six? Which in North America was called three. Oh, okay. I played that one. You see, I don't fucking remember names. But anyways, uh, uh, the, the Ace Attorney games were... I like. I I didn't realize that dialogue could be fun in those games. And yeah, it 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 is like reading a book. Like my problem with modern games, it's funny that I, I praise this game and I like it. But my problem with modern games is how many cutscenes are in them and how much I have to sit and not play the game. I love cutscenes. I fucking hate them. I'm playing Watch Dogs two right now. That's the one thing I I'm like. Well, it's there's not it's a ton. There there's fewer now than there were in the first one. That's for sure. Because they're not rewarding anymore. Because they're rendered in the same engine. I remember cutscenes being an integral part of a game in that you were rewarded with this awesome cinematic that, that was pre-rendered. Yeah, that was the PlayStation 1 era. Like, like Legend Final of Dragoon, Fantasy for instance, yeah, starts yeah, off with like Dragoon. the coolest cutscene ever, and then it ju- dumps you into the game. Mm-hmm. And when you go through those chapters, like when you first get your Dragoon, and it's just like, this is fucking super cool. And then every other character in the fucking game gets a Dragoon, but... The <laughs> like when it was special the first time that cutscene was really really cool. I get what you're saying now. Like I don't like in-game cutscenes. That that to me is watching the exact same thing that I was earlier playing, except I'm not doing it now. Excuse me. Do you do you remember um, Metal Gear Solid One? Do you yeah. remember how many fucking in-game cutscenes? It's like four hours of in-game cutscenes. Didn't Metal Gear Solid Four have like legit four hours w- of cutscenes? One a- yes, there's there's a ninety-minute cutscene. Right. Yeah, it has a movie that's a cutscene, and you those can't skip games, it. You can't skip it. Listen, those can you games, pause it at least? N- to no. Take a shit? Yes, you can. Oh, you fuck can, off. You can pause it. Okay. Um, oh. I've never actually tried. That did not deserve a fuck off. Making you sit through a 90-minute cutscene, unskippable cutscene. It's not making you. It's not making you because you chose to buy the fucking game and you know exactly what you're buying. No one knows. Hold on a second. When that game first hit shells, people did not know there was a 90-minute cutscene. That's not true. Especially it was in the with reviews. The game it was in the reviews. Not only was it in the reviews, but a lot of the trailers were based on that. And then Kojima had a lot of those <laughs> interview-based trailers that he would interview before the trailer launches. And yeah, then but the whole thing was to be a big narrative me, experience. Hold on a second. That requires me, as a consumer, to pay attention to all that shit, which oh I don't. Oh, my God. I don't. So, well, the thing is, it's like... It's there like should be a warning a on the fucking box. Mi- mi- it's like mi- playing just, a sports game where it's like, I was upset that there was sports in it. Mi- no, mi- that's not the... It, Mitch oh. is right though. The average like like we're we're an exception to the rule. Yeah. Like like people who walk in every November and buy Call of Duty, they don't care if if, if the, there's a good story in it. They just care if there's fucking zombies and and if you yeah. What's the mode? Team deathmatch. The idea of Metal Gear Solid Four having large cutscenes was to complement the progression of the story in ways that the gameplay wouldn't. Because you stealth know that because you're a fucking weeaboo. And and. and the other thing is is that the the average asshole who comes in to buy Call of Duty isn't buying No, but say I went to the store, right, and I see that Metal Gear Solid 4 cover, right? And it's the day it launches. I don't know anything about the Metal Gear Solid game, but I'm like, you know what? I bought my new PlayStation 3. I'm going to try this game out. What's it about? Uh, Based on the cover, it's about being a math teacher because all I see is an old dude with a mustache. Okay, great. I'm going to buy this game. He's not wrong. (laughs) (laughs) The guy looks like my shop teacher. You couldn't be more fucking wrong. The the title is Metal Gear Solid Tactical Espionage It could be a shop class simulator. It's a fucking... And the guy's wearing like... Gore-Tex it's tight it, it's, a, it's, it's a, a close-up of about? his face. On the cover, it's a close-up oh, of his you, face. Oh, you are right, actually. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know if your fucking math teacher had a but bandana and a fucking cyber eye, but yeah, I guess my, that's my what happens in Quebec. <laughs> my, my, my art teacher looked exactly like Solid Snake. <laughs> so there you go. Oh and then you Now, I flip it over. Hold on a second. I flip it over and I go, oh, this is an action game. Yeah. Cool. Now I'm going to get this action game. What is it? Sitting for 90 action. minutes for a fucking oh, cutscene is not action. Right. That's the exact. What, sorry, what was the tactical? What was the, the thing? Tactical espionage action. Oh, what was the last word? Action. Okay. 
clearly, if I'm sitting there for 90 fucking minutes and there's a movie going on in the game I purchased for $80, that is not action. I, I'd get on my BlackBerry and text all my friends that, that, that there wasn't an actual game in there. I want to add two things. Uh, this is two things. Okay. Now, one thing is okay. the game box and the game itself from Metal Gear Solid 1, 2, 3, and 4. Yeah. Like, if you are a fan of the series, you want to have that. If you're not a fan of the series and you're trying it and you'll be disappointed, just like if you were to jump into any kind of niche game, you there's an expectation that that might not be your flavor. The second thing that I want to add, and, and the point that I made is it's not really against what you're saying because you clearly played it and you felt like you were duped I out of 90 minutes. I have never played it. Well, <laughs> I never had a PlayStation 3. Point is, I'm sure somebody <laughs> out there... Uh, had a strong opinion that was rooted in experience and that it was yeah, based on that. Mind rated on the idea of that bullshit. Right. So, like, uh, it's not wrong. Uh, but the thing is, like, those games, especially with Metal Gear Solid 4, the last game that had come out was Snake Eater and then Subsistence, right? So it was quite a long time since another Metal Gear Solid game came out and we're all really happy for it to be on the PlayStation graphics and the story and the cutscenes and all that Weren't shit. Weren't there like three versions of Metal Gear Solid 3? One where you yeah. couldn't move the camera, one you could move the camera? Subsistence was the one that well, you could move. What was it, something something Snake? Snake Eater. Well, snake the eat, game's yeah. called Snake Eater. Metal Gear Solid 3 Snake Eater. And then there's Metal Gear Solid 3 And the best version is subsistence. the GameCube version of that one? You're no, talking about the, Twin Snakes. That's Twin, Twin Snakes. Snakes. Twin Snakes is a remastery of Metal Gear Solid 1, which is actually really, really, really good because they brought in the uh, same engine that Metal Gear Solid 3 Subsistence was on, so you have the ability uh, to move see? the camera Hey, stuff. who made Twin Snakes? Uh, Silicon Knights. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Uh, we, we said we weren't going to bring them up this podcast. Sorry. And then the second <laughs> thing that I wanted to add, the 90-minute cutscene oh, and any cutscene, you're actually able to press a button to tap out of it, and you go into the scope of the Metal Gear Mark II, which is the little robot thing that uh, accompanies Snake, and it's it's a integral part of the game because the thing does things kind of like R2 does, opens doors and shit. But uh, you can, like scoot around the uh, gun uh, ship while the cutscene is going on and essentially miss the whole thing. But you're exploring the gunship and you're actually picking up items and secrets and stuff like that. And you can change the perspective of the game in any part of the cutscene. So it's not like a static cutscene where you're doing nothing. You still can't skip it. You can skip it. Can you? You can skip anything. I. That's well, true. I, could ju- I, I skipped playing the whole game, but... Now you can skip every cutscene. It's mm-hmm. amazing he was able to say all that so eloquently with Hideo Kojima's balls just resting right in his mouth. I wish Hideo Death Stranding. Ball- he doesn't even know what it's about. Nobody knows what that game's fucking about. It's Norman a, Reedus has a baby that thumbs up. I just I'll have to have this game. Did the baby give a thumbs up? Yeah, that's yeah. how the E3 like, press conference like started. Through the and the fucking like, like, and it's like a uterus. Like it's not like he's in like a tank. Like the cutscene starts off with this fucking like, and then, like and fucking, then like Norman Reedus is standing there with this fucking baby in his arms and it's just like is it is this baby Norman Reedus who is this I don't know but There's it helps like five or six well-known actors in this game right I, that game has to be sponsored by FedEx because there's some pretty tricky deliveries and he gets it on time oh Jesus I'm actually really excited for Death Stranding, not because it's Kojima's brainchild, but like, like Del Toro worked on it with him, and there's like a giant cast of actors, which I, I actually I'm not. There's a huge another fan. man who's far up his own ass, Benicio Del Toro. Not a not a fan of having actors as video game characters. It's Guillermo Del Toro. The, Benicio both of Del Toro's the actor. <laughs> They're both up their who's own in, ass. Who is in the Last Jedi? Jedi. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, Guillermo Del Toro. He just wants us to have sex with fish. So I don't know. Um, that movie was messed up. Did you watch I just, it? I, I, I really want to know what the fuck that game's like. Even watching I want to know what that movie was about, so I wouldn't see help. it. Um, but anyway, sorry, that was uh, you, you guys are so what was your super game? wrong about Metal Gear Solid Five. I fucking hate your opinion. I don't. We were talking it about. Hold on a second. We were talking about Metal Gear Solid Four. Metal Gear Solid oh, shit, Five. Sorry, four. My bad. I picked up that and it had a picture of a young man's face, and I was like, "Ooh, this might be." <laughs> it fun. looks like me. Yeah, a mullet and a mustache. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's terrible. Uh, actually, out of all the Metal Gear Solid Five, my least favorite. I don't know what the fuck was happening the whole time. Anyways, um, I discovered that I, I would rather Jamie go because I feel like I talked a lot. I want I want to take a break from occupying mm, that much drink, audio space. Drink beer. Mm-hmm. It was really your idea. So what did you pick? I I, well, I played a, a Steel Battalion Classic. Um, 
you you guys may remember that I own the very expensive controllers. Is that but I'm disappointed you in you because if I remember correctly, you told me on the side that you didn't play it with it. No, I didn't play that game. I didn't play the good one. Mm. I played the bad Steel Battalion. Oh, the one with the Kinect controls? Yes. Oh, oh my no. God. That was I a like, 360 uh, game, right? Yes. I enjoy punishing myself. Did it work? So, no. It, <laughs> that game is broken. You are, to, are you black and or handicapped? Because the Kinect doesn't work if you are. I'm neither, but okay. having said that, I played it in darkness, and that game doesn't work. Um, so then turn on the fucking light. <laughs> yeah, really? What the fuck? <laughs> that's, like, that's why I said, "Are you blackhead or handicapped?" No, it, Jamie just sat in the dark. <laughs> if, you're in a, if you're in a wheelchair or your skin tone can't be red, that's Microsoft's fault. If you're like, "Hold the lights all the way over there," that's yeah, your like, fucking fault. I connected it in the fucking cave. <laughs> when, when you start the software up, it clearly says in the instructions for calibrating it to be in a darkened room. But what? if you're in a darkened room, it doesn't work. Well, why would it do that? You, you're why would you play that one? I like punishing myself for this podcast. All right, so explain. And I had my 360 stuff out. I was I was organizing it at the time, so I was like, oh, I might as well play it. I explain what Steel was Battalion, punishing about it. Heavy Armor. I think that's what, I it's, think called. That's what it's called. Yeah, yeah. came out in 2012. Too much fanfare when it came out. I bought that game the day it came out. Along, <laughs> along <sorry>. with this <laughs> special edition uh, Connect. Oh no! And a special edition Xbox, which is oh, that's cool though. That's cool. It I'll looks give you the special edition Xbox. It's uh, shaped like well, it's got the like the paint like an uh, like yep. an ammo case or whatever. So that's cool. Yeah. Uh, and it has the name. Uh, it has Capcom's logo on it because Capcom published it. And it's got From Software's logo on it because From developed it. Um, anyway, so that game uh, tasks you to operate a steel battalion walking mech or a walking tank, I think they called it. Um, so there's some interesting hand motions. If this was a video podcast, this would play really well. But you're supposed to raise your hand um, to uh, close the hatch. There's a row of switches uh, right above you. Um, and you're supposed to slowly flick them on because the, the connect was supposed to be smart enough to, uh, recognize individual finger movements. <laughs> Here's what happens. Usually <laughs> you're fucking eject and die. <laughs> the, the, uh, no, there's an actual ejection sequence. Let's talk about that briefly afterwards. Anyway. So, so you're to, to get in, you close the hatch. You've already, you're already sitting down. So you've climbed in already. You're closing the hatch. You're starting one, two, three, four switches at the top. That turns all on all the computers. So what's supposed to happen is each switch gets rocked on individually. And if you do it in the right order, the tank boots as normal. If if it goes the way it usually goes for me, it recognizes it as a fist rather than four individual fingers. And you're just flicking them all on at once. Nothing happens. Nice. Not not a thing happens. And it took me almost an hour when I I, I had come home from work. I was like, this is going to be the best game ever. I don't even have to use that stupid controller that I have. It weighs 800 pounds. And I need a stupid desk. I could just use my hands. I got it. I got it. And I, I honest to God, I sat at my TV for almost an hour trying to flick four buttons. <laughs> so when you finally <laughs> flick them. Yes. And you get the Mac running. Yes. Um, it, are you are you doing this with the sense of panic because if you don't like you'll be assaulted and blow up or do no, you know so this is the tutorial mission this is the one that, where it explains on how to use your tank the rest of it is pretty simple you use your, your hands to, to 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 guide it where it's going and stuff like that it's not it's not terribly complicated work? that part works fine if you get hit enough it will ask you to do the ejection sequence the ejection sequence is a four button press sequence. Nice. There's a thing you flick up, a red button underneath this cover, like 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 Top Gun bullshit, yeah, right? Yeah, like, oh, right. you've armed the missiles. Oh fuck, now I gotta arm my ejection sequence. Uh there's that not pulled a, a lever in a sense of panic There's a le there's a yeah. lever. Oh, okay. Um there's a button, a lever, you have to power something down, you have to eject a core, and then you flick the switch and you you blast out through the top or you come on through the bottom. I can't remember. Um, that almost never works in the 30 seconds you have to 
uh, punch out before your tank melts down. What was the overall reception of this game because of I how bad it was? I believe it was uh, mid-five. Uh, I believe Famitsu, the, our Japanese friends, uh, gave it uh, excellent scores, which led me to believe it was a good game. Uh, mm. It is not. Um, there was a, a bunch of planned DLC that was canceled almost immediately. Um, and then maybe six months later, Xbox canceled the support for the Kinect anyway? No, Xbox kept the support for the Kinect until the Xbox One. Right, it but but the, origi- the, the original the original Connect and they just stopped yeah the Connect Two is no. I think a different unit. Altogether. Yeah, it, it is a different. Well, it's a different unit entirely. But the Connect on the 360 didn't ever stop support because the Connect Two was like the successful one that made it into like doctors' offices and engineers. No, and the Connect One was the successful yeah. one. Really, the Connect Two was the dog shit one that that they canceled. Yeah, our our, oh, our okay. friends at Famitsu gave the game 33 out of 40. Because their scale doesn't make sense. Right. That's a weird one. They yeah. gave it 33 out of 40. In America, we use stars. Polygon. The, the seven things it missed were all in controls. Sure. Yeah, the, Polygon. It missed seven buttons. <laughs> <laughs> really important. Uh, gave it one out of ten. Polygon gave it one out of ten. Joystick gave yeah. it two out of five stars. IGN gave it three out of ten. Uh, GameSpot gave it a thrilling 3.5 out of 10. Um, so it was shit. It is not a good game. And I own a... Uh, well, I guess games weren't $70 when I bought it. it no, was, it used to be 50, 40, $59.99 before it, it used to yeah. be $49.99. Yeah, it was a $59.99 game. The Connect itself cost... Because it was not... 100 bucks. Yeah, it was 100 bucks. That's an expensive bundle. The you probably cons- dropped like seven hundred bucks altogether. I the think. console was about four hundred and something dollars, and my time, uh, well, that was just wasted. But um, your time's not valuable. You, you record a podcast. That's true. My time is not valuable. If your time wasn't valuable, we'd record more often. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. true. Yeah, that's true. Usually, I'm I'm free to go most nights. <laughs> That's true. You aren't the one we're waiting for. That's right. <laughs> so, what was the? Hopefully, your detective game was a little bit better. Yeah, I played Blade Runner for the PC. It's a point and click adventure game. Excellent. Ooh. Tell us about it. It's called a side quill. Um, it it is not uh, a sequel. Gotcha, yeah. It is a side story that runs, uh, sort of crosswise with um the actual original Blade Runner. It was re- developed by Westwood. When did it come out? In 1997. Um, and it was published by Virgin Interactive. It was one of the last games oh, published really. by Virgin. That was like a prime of Westwood Studios. That was like... Yeah, that was that was, that was was uh, Red Alert. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Red Alert and that game came out in the same year, didn't it? Uh, I, I, 97 or 98 for Red Alert, I'm no. pretty sure, yeah. And then they pumped out Red Alert 2 and then Yuri's Revenge. Which was the first person shooter one? Renegade. Oh, that was terrible. Um, that was a big conspiracy, if you guys remember me telling you about. Yeah, the gun your brother designed. Yep. Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay, we won't relive that one. I'm sorry I brought that up. It is darkest chapter in my family history. Oh, Jesus. Well, I was going to tell you about Blade Runner, now that I got all sidetracked. Uh, you play as a, another guy, uh, not as Harrison Ford's character. Uh, what's his name? Deckard or something it's, like that? Um, Decker. Decker, yeah. yeah. Uh, you have the same gun, though, which is kind of cool. But it's a point-and-click adventure game. The same chief. I think they got the guy who was the chief in the original movie to to voice it. Oh, uh, nice! But don't don't quote me on that. But he sends sends you out of that crappy, dusty police station out in search of a bunch of replicants. And there's a bunch of like, it's a very Monkey Island esque uh, point and click. It, it, you know, um, it's it's a noir in the sense of like, did you ever play Beneath a Steel Sky? No, no. But Beneath the Steel Sky is a great. Uh, point and click adventure game. There's a lot of like little puzzles you have to solve. You like, oh, you need a key to get in this room, but they need a rope to get up to the second level and blah blah. blah. And, anyway, uh, Blade Runner is much the same way. There's a lot of clues. Uh, it had an interesting thing where you could do a quick save, which was uh, uh revolutionary for the time. There there weren't too many games that had quick saves. Um, about halfway through playing it, my game crashed and it wiped my save. So I've never actually finished that game. I heard it's good. It's about 12 hours, which is, you know, which was good for the time. It was on two CDs. I bought the version of GOG. So it was, uh, I don't know, three or 400 megs. Um, Your character moves, but uh, the 
actual set pieces are static. Right. Except for like some other objects that like fans that rotate and stuff so like that. So it's not with like live action cutscenes. No. So Westwood Studios loves those. No, there wasn't any uh no, no, there wasn't any of that. No. The, you know what? I really enjoyed it. Um I, I highly recommend it. It is a great point and click adventure game. Uh I had to emulate uh inside my computer a Windows ninety eight machine so I could play it. Nice. Excellent. So I had an emulator running inside my computer that pretended that I was using a Pentium 3 and uh, a w- copy of Windows 98 SE. And halfway through one of the games I was playing, I, I played a couple of games just to see how it would work on it. Uh, one of them was like Lego Island. I just want to see how that would render. Um, I had Lego Island. Lego Island's a great game. It's an amazing game. Sure. You're on Search of the Brickster. Yeah. He's a scoundrel. Halfway through that, the, that stupid haunted house screensaver came up, and I it hard locked both the emulator and my system. Oh, shit. So I had to figure out I had to figure out a way to d- remember, remember that was called Plus. Yeah, that was the Windows ninety eight Plus pack. You got yeah. you got some s- fucking sweet ass screensavers and what do they call them desktop themes or whatever it was. Yep. Yeah, and like you got cool pointers, and like, um, like you would say <laughs> "boo" when you close windows if you had like, um, like the haunted house yeah. themed one on there. It was pretty sweet. Um, but it, the game runs in an eight hundred by six hundred resolution, and that's it. There's no choices. You you play an eight hundred by six hundred, or you don't play. Um, I feel like. I'm never going to play this game because you put way too many steps into me wanting to the, do the, that. The, the version on GOG, like you could play it on two 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 ways. You could play the version on GOG, which is like ported so that it works fine on Windows oh, 10. Oh, okay. Or you could do it the crazy way I did it, wh- was where you, you find like a copy of it online and you run an emulator. and. That sounds like a fun time. I like Blade Runner. Yeah, Blade Runner is great. Like uh, the, the side story is actually interesting. And like halfway through the game or just at the point where it was about to crash, um, you you run across like oh there's this other Blade Runner and he's looking for blah 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 and do androids sleep and you know I make your eyes <laughs> right <laughs> <laughs> so anyway that sounds like a good time I make your eyes so what did uh what was your mech game um it was it a hot banger uh no Ooh, it wasn't hot bangers um I discovered. That it's very hard to find a mech game for the PlayStation 4. Um, there's not that many out there at all. And I wanted to play something that like wouldn't be too obvious. Like my personal like greatest shout out to mech games would be like Mech Assault on the on the PC. I used to play. Bring a Mech Warrior back. It's coming in 2019. Yeah, fucking the Uziel Mech was the best thing ever. Fucking giant minigun in the middle of its head. Cool as shit. And it was a great time. And I also really, really, really loved Armored Core uh, two and three. Um, but I don't. I don't have a PlayStation uh, three anymore. I don't have PlayStation two either. So I couldn't really play those games. I, I would have loved nothing more than to play uh armored core 3 again there's a version of it on ps uh ps classics on the store oh really yeah fuck my ass i didn't know that wow go Those for gig two club. different things yeah. <laughs> that's amazing okay th- honestly like if i that is an amazing game armored core 3 was so cool because the mech customization was badass so good and it really supremely changed the way that your mech worked i always like the ones that, that in armored core where you could um you could put the guys with the treads on instead of legs. I used to do the. They had this like hovercraft style like ship body that allowed you to strafe perfectly. It was like a gliding hover mech. I know what you're talking about. It had like eight legs or something like that. It was without legs, actually. There was the one that had legs, which. I'm, I'm thinking about the one in uh, original uh, Armored Core where it had like eight legs and you could strafe in any direction you wanted. Well, that was so the thing that's really cool about that kind of really nods back to my point. If you got the spider mech, it allowed you to have a much greater payload. Mm. Likewise, if you had the treads, it let you have an, the largest payload. Yeah, of course. But the hover boat thing, it had the same payload as uh, legs would, but what it did is it amplified your flying ability. And it made it so that your strafing wasn't staggered by steps. It was perfect. Interesting. Um, the really cool thing about Armored Core is that you you complement your mech 
with uh, Blade. That was a really integral part. Like the Blade combat was really cool. So it incentivized you to go in hard because the Blade deals a, an exceptional amount of damage. But it's also a little bit punishing because if you get too close, then you get fucked up if you missed. But that's not the game that I played. That was an amazing game that existed in the world. When I played Armor Core 3, I actually made so much money in that game that I had too much money. I purchased everything in the game multiple times over and it lost its purpose. I beat it so many times. I played uh, Gundam Versus for the PS4. Mm. Just came out uh, a couple months ago. Is that game a banger? You know what? It is for the right person. It's not for me. I the see. thing that makes Gundam Versus very special, and it, it's huge for Gundam fans because it has every single Gundam Wing series with the exception of like Gundam Seed for some reason. Um, which is for a lot of people the most memorable one, but it has like versions of Gundam Seeds. It's got well over a hundred different Gundams in it. Uh, uh, somebody like myself, I have like a small little exhibit in my house devoted to Gundams. Right. Do you have um, a small exhibit? Does you rap to you? <laughs> no. <laughs> Yo, dog, I heard you like exhibit references. So here's an exhibit reference in your exhibit reference. Oh, no. Anyways, I have Gundams. <laughs> I don't know who this person is. <laughs> Fun story. Um, I have a Gundam from Japan, from Korea. Uh, I also have Gundams from China, and I have Gundams from here. But I like to buy Gundam from any Asian place that I travel to. I like buying to. those like, uh, really s- high-end Transformers, like the ones that come in the black boxes. Yeah. You know you know which ones I'm talking about, Mitch? Yeah, like, a buddy of mine collects those, actually. So, so there was the ones that you and I bought when we were kids, or like our parents bought. You didn't get any when you were a kid? I had no Transformers as a kid. And you're fucking poor. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> I had a shit ton of GoBots. <laughs> I didn't really. So, I, I didn't so have sorry. Transformers or GoBots. Um, it was really fun to shy away from your poverty. I, it wasn't a poverty thing. I wasn't into Transformers. <laughs> um, <laughs> That's all it was. <laughs> Autobots rolled out. Yeah, I, l- I had a Rat Trap. It was the fucking coolest thing ever. Anyways. You talking about Mouse Trap? The game? Rat. Yeah, the mouse trap game where you fuck gotta, off. You gotta get the cheese. It's the same action, the crazy contraption, the fun is catching this mouse trap. Thanks. Uh, <laughs> Why do you remember that? This terrible. The uh, don't wake daddy. That's the one I remember. Um, sorry. Popomatic trouble. Why do we? Uh, why does advertising work, guys? Cincinnati. All right. What are you thinking? What are you doing? You singing the Cincinnati Chili song? Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, um, different generation. Mm. Anyway, <laughs> I don't even know what that is. It's like it's like Cincinnati Van Buren action toy personal quarterback. He's got game. Cincinnati action figure. Do you remember? Do you remember the Stretch Armstrong? Yeah, of course. Stretch Armstrong was the bomb. Anyways, uh, I didn't have one. <laughs> Fucking poor ass bastard. <laughs> it was really neat. Looking at my Gundams on my shelf and being like, I can play as one of these in a combat sequence. Mm-hmm. So there's no story to it. It's just arcade, which a lot of like Japanese fighter games are. There's mm. You just play. Um, you play either by yourself or with another person online. You can do 2v2 or you mm. can play 2ve, which is like waves of different Gundams. Did, did you find you played with yourself more? I played this game for 30 minutes and then I stopped playing it because I absolutely hated it. Um, the controls to me, honestly, coming from a game that's as snappy as Armored Core, mm. where you feel like you have full motion, the thing that the Gundam Wing did that was really shit is lock the camera. So mm. when you lock the camera and you change the purpose of your right analog stick to perhaps like slightly move within the view that it's locked, the only way that the camera moves is if you lock onto something else. So you just have to basically keep pressing the fucking lock on button as you spastically keep spinning around locking on different things. The other thing that I didn't really like is like I wanted to relive some of the more memorable uh, scenes in Gundam Wing. And so I would pick like the Gundam Strike Freedom in hopes that I'd fight like a tall geese or something and it didn't happen, which means uh, it's a good reference to some people, but not to others. It's the idea of pitting up like a great hero against his villain from the show that you're used to, but it's just very arcade. So it just keeps dropping Gundams at you from all the world's generation Gundams. I felt like it played like absolute shit Hmm. Um, and it was really fucking ugly. Like for a PlayStation 4 game coming out now, especially something like a robot game, because in all honesty, like they're not really hard 
hard to render, and they all almost look the same. So well, the same people who made that game, don't they make the Earth Defense Force games? It's Bandai Namco. Yeah, so they make the same. Uh, remember the oh, Earth those De- games do not look good. No, I like a good Earth Defense Force. They're game, fun. Then. If you want if you want a Dynasty Warriors, a bunch of bugs, it's great. Um, actually, Dynasty Gundam was really fun. I, I did play that. Wait, game is it PS. Dynasty Gundam? Yeah, is it like Dynasty Warriors with, with Gundam? Hundred percent. It was one of the first PS3 games that came out. Yeah, no shit. It played super well. Played exactly like Dynasty Gundams, and that's actually what I expected Gundam versus to play like because it's like a hack and slash. That would have been really good. I just pictured it more like Fist of the North Star. No, it's like this supremely Fist of the North Star is amazing. Shitty, like uh, there's like a field that you play in, so it, it is a little bit open expanse, and and you make currency to buy other Gundams, and I don't know, it was a total ship experience. It wasn't worth seventy nine dollars. I'd buy the. What game was that other game you, you played? The one that was on PC or PS four or whatever. Right. Yeah. So I was in a local video game store, no, like a not, rental shop. Not that one. The mm-hmm. one. The one that was like free to play. The free to play. Oh, uh, f- oh, fuck. What's it? A uh, Hawken. Okay. Let me tell you about Hawken. So I bought into that game when it first came out, and it was of course amazing. you did. <laughs> it was amazing. So so when somewhere in between when you I stopped playing it and when you started doing it, it's like what happened? What would happen if Titanfall lost its developer, got its IP bought up, and then someone made it free to play? Because it was a full price game when I bought it. I I I didn't mind Hawken because it was a first person mech game. I think yeah, mech games work really sweet, good right? when they're in first person. Yeah. Um, because it gives you the power of the mech. You, you feel like you're really piloting something. It, uh, Gundam versus the third person. I think it's in the source one. engine too, which is really weird. Uh, just the thing is, like Hawken didn't look particularly bad. It just was very very bland environments. They they corridor a lot of it. So like you don't really feel like you're a giant mech because you're in like a factory setting where the machinery around you is perfectly proportionate to if you were to just be an individual standing behind a smaller version of that. Uh, it's kind of like in Bioshock 2 when you play as a big daddy, you just feel like you're just a normal guy, like you're not yeah. giant and powerful. That, that was the only thing I didn't like about Hawk, and the other thing I didn't like about it is that it played a little slow. Like It did rely a lot on strafing and stuff, but a lot of combat in Hawken was just like you line up with someone and then you strafe left while they also strafe the opposite direction and you're just shooting yeah. at each other until somebody blows up. Hawken was pretty boring, but for a free-to-play game, it wasn't bad. It just wasn't great. There are some great free-to-play games on the PS4 and, and on PC. Uh, like that that one that's in space and you have like the cool super suit. Uh, Warframe. 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 Warframe wa- has come by a, company a in London, long Ontario. way. Warframe is the exact opposite of your Hawken experience. Yeah. Where it's basically. I like remember when Warframe came out and it was Destiny. just a corridor shooter and people didn't know what it was about. And then, like, now it's like the like the number two like game on the PSN store every month. I'll tell you right now, if you are really tired of like the direction that Destiny 2 has taken. Yeah, Warframe. Play Warframe. Warframe is a better Destiny. Or that, or that fucking and it really uh, always has EA been. game. What is it called? What the, what the hell is that? Titanfall? Game? No, no, no. The one that looks like Destiny. The one that we were talking about. Oh, Anthem when that Anthem. comes out. I'm oh, going gonna, gonna to love the shit out of Anthem. I don't care what you guys say. It looks really fucking cool. It it's a Destiny It's clone. not what I want from a Bioware game. Well, nothing that I want I is want what I want from a Bioware by, game. I want it to be written by Chris Avalon. Or Chris Avalon? Chris yeah, Avalon. he left. You yeah, I want it to, to be written up. by Chris Avalon. Uh, I want it to uh, take place in some weird sci-fi but have a quirky cast of characters. You want Mass Effect. Andromeda, but the good version that never came out. No, I, I like I. I realized that the studio has moved on from making like good games, the Knights of the Old Republic games, and Mass Effect. They need to make something that's different for the love of God, because th- the last good Mass Effect game was Mass Effect Two. No, I like Three. I three really like Three. The last good Mass Effect game was Mass Effect Two. Oh, you're wrong. You you're, are. Wrong. You're wrong because Andromeda was my game of the year that year. Oh, fucking! Because you played it with your eyes closed. Clearly. Okay, so so the best. The only the way that you could enjoy Andromeda is if somebody handed Andromeda to you and it just was another game, entirely, but, and you were just under the impression that you were playing Mass Effect Andromeda. No, it's great. Let me repeat the lines to you. I'm Commander Shepard, and this is my favorite store in the Citadel. That's the second game. That's amazing. That was the best part of that game. No, but <laughs> you know what? I, I And Morden Solis. I felt so charged yeah, going Morden, in to take Earth back. Yeah, Morden in the third game, though, really. Oh, my God. Yeah. yeah that was like one of the first li- times of that was his best li- moment. What if he didn't live? 
Hmm? What if he didn't live to be in the third game? Yeah, you fucked up and you ruined your third <laughs> game. Like yeah, that's the that's whole true. thing. I guess that's true. If, if y- th- th- it's possible that Morton dies in the second game. Yeah, it's possible. Spoiler. Everyone dies in the spe- uh, second game, right? Everybody can die in the second game. Yeah, yeah Garrus can die in the second game. Like grunts yeah. replaced with racks and so on and so forth. Uh, okay, totally off topic, but like, I don't think no Rex is replaced with grunt. Because Rex saying. dies, yeah. Well, if if Rex well, Rex lived, could die in the first game. Actually, yeah, you, can, you, you can, can kill Rex in the first game. Rex live and Grunt live. They don't both have to die, and they actually have pretty interesting dialogue. I, I made the mistake of letting Caden live, by the way. Oh, oh, I, the I, worst. I, I thought I thought Ashley was the more annoying character. No, Turns out I was wrong. Caden uh, is like, I want to be in love with Shepard and be with him, but like it's. Yeah, it's it's you haven't even invested into that relationship trying to thought for it to happen. He just like loves you right off the bat. And what's weird is because he does that when you're fem chef, <laughs> and that's why I killed him because I was like, this dude's trying to fuck me. Dude, like I don't feel it. safe. This he does it when really you're male chef. <laughs> like he just comes up to you and he's like, hey Shepard, I just wanted you to know that you you really make me feel like the best guy. And when I'm in combat, I just want to save you. I was really sad that I couldn't bang. Weird. And it's like, yeah. dude, just like fucking. I'm I'm aim I'm shooting concussion rounds at a fucking gath like do something and he's like man like here's a health pack like I really fucking I really love you man like w- we should really touch spend my more butt. time together and it's <laughs> like T- touch my butt no just no <laughs> what, do you, what do you think about like team showers do you think oh, that would help, <laughs> help the I, dynamic I really wanted to bang that the uh that Asari matriarch what's her name. Um, the one that you pick up on the criminal Sa- Sad. Sa- Savannah, Savara, S- Samantha. <laughs> <laughs> the one that lives in the, in that one. Uh, her her home is the one. Yeah, it's like she's an Arduk Yak. She, she's a she's her daughter's the Arduk Yakshi. Yes, yeah. yes, yeah. Uh, oh fuck, I can't Sa- remember. Salamander. I think it's like Saram or something. Like that. That's just Saran Ram. <laughs> Saram. <laughs> Samara. Samara. Not Sarama. Uh, she's a really cool character. She has, to kill her, she has to kill her own daughter. It's it's tight. No, no. Th- there will never, ever. Actually, yeah, one of my favorite things too, about. Uh, well, I, we, I feel like I'm repeating myself because we did talk about that. But yeah, CD we, Project we did a whole podcast. Developer about really talked about why that game failed. It didn't fail because of story. It failed because they tried to super sample every single AI in the whole game. So it, it doesn't work that way. Now, what was your detective game? Yeah, uh, my detective game was a little silly, but I didn't really have a good time playing it. I, I as a grown man, I'm a huge fan of Adventure Time. Uh, I love the show. I think it's quirky and I think it's really fun. Mm-hmm. And uh, a little while ago for the PlayStation, they released a Adventure Time uh, investigation game. I saw that. And it's actually really fun because you play in the world of Adventure Time and the crimes are like quirky and funny like they are in the show. Because a lot of the show is about them kind of investigating and going on these adventures. But um, it's implied in the name. Yeah, the, uh, I really felt like I had an adventure time. Uh, um, see yourself out. The cool thing about it, it's kind of like a point and shoot where like you have to get the key, you have to do the thing, you have to do that. But oh, like a point and click, you mean? Point and click, yeah. Sorry. Point and shoot's a camera. You don't shoot anybody. Um, the thing that makes it a little bit more unique is because like Jake the dog can shape into anything. So there are instances where perhaps you might not see it at front value that if you walk up to a certain space, it will prompt that Jake can stretch and make a bridge or something. I've never uh, watched Adventure Time. Would you compare it to like a Rick and Morty kind of thing? So it's it's made by, uh, I believe if I'm not mistaken, it's written by the same person. Oh, okay. Except like Rick and Morty is like the rated R version. I it's see. got the exact same undertones. Like Jake is voice acted by the same person as Bender in Futurama. Okay. And like the whole the nice thing about Adventure Time is like I really wouldn't recommend it for kids to be honest because like it it has like a very hilarious adult undertone. Dan Herman, that's the fellow's name. Dan Herman. Uh, but I, that was my detective game. It's cheap on PSN and it's actually quite fun. Uh, and it is good for like kids if you wanted to play that game around your kid. Uh, it's not particularly good for kids. Difficult. Uh, it's just quirky. Like it's a quirky game. Like. But and the the thing that I actually kind of liked about it because Adventure Time's a two D cartoon, of course, the three D cell shade of it mm-hmm. um, translated pretty well. Yeah, you know what game I was thinking about playing instead of um, the, the detective game I played because I I ended up picking it up for whatever reason. Uh, L.A. Noir for the PlayStation VR. 
if I remember correctly, you if said if any of you play, play Animal, Animal Noir, you're fucking. Oh, yeah. okay. I'm gonna punch you into yeah. dick. I think is what you said. You so know, you know, can we punch you into dick. I didn't actually play it. I, you I don't can know. Play for the VR. Yeah, yeah. it came out for the VR. Came so did Skyrim. Yeah. Skyrim. Came well, out I know VR. that, but like, what does LA Noir look like in VR? Looks good. Yeah, it looks great. It's first person. Yeah, yeah, it looks fine. You can play it in either version. Like, it comes with both versions of the game. You can play it not VR. It's just oh. it comes with the remaster and it comes with the. It's I would basically be super just curious to play that in VR. Apparently, it's really good. Apparently, yeah. it's it's really really good. And they finally fixed the fucking button, so it doesn't sound like you're yelling at them if you choose like it, like the button doubt? that says accuse or yeah. doubt. Yeah, yeah which doubt. which was originally hmm, accused. This and it's um, like, do you think you're that fucking liar? <laughs> yeah, I know. It's <laughs> so intense. You fucking killed that guy. And it, you remember the the one where you're investigating the guy, uh, the 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 blood spatter. Uh, car at the rail yard or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's yeah. all these people like. Then there's that like poor, poor old black guy. And if you hit the de- the doubt <laughs> button, it's just like, all right, where's the body buried before we send you to the slammer? And he's just like, I didn't do it. I, I, I'm sorry. I was I was just walking around. The, the body was there. I failed every single investigation because like <laughs> you'd have a. You, uh, I, I I particularly remember the. Uh, the arson one, the house that's on like burnt yeah, down. That was yeah, a good yeah. one. Holy shit! Like I go to the woman and she's there are like, a lot of clues in there. Uh, yeah, I did. I found the clues, so I found everything, and I I had extra failed everything before that. So I'm like, I'm really fucking trying with this one. I got all the clues, and I go to the investigation, and it's like, so where were you? Uh, the time of the fire and she looks at you and I swear to God it was like her normal face and then it just fucking disfigures with her like eyes super frowny and her mouth is like pierced and she's just like uh, uh, and she's like clearly looking super suspicious and so I was like accuse a hundred percent and it's like you're fucking lying to me you stupid fat bitch and it's like that was extreme <laughs> and it's like yeah your part your partner gets really upset if yeah. you use the accuse at any time unless <laughs> it's actually like, called for like I the Howard the Hughes one I wasn't anywhere looking my tickets to the trip or wherever the fuck I was. And it's like, you're so off, but it's like, why would you make that face? Because the whole point was that you can like, yeah, you yeah. can read the suspects. Oh my God. Well, that was, that was the whole thing. The technology they developed, mm-hmm. uh, the team bond I developed was supposed to be like incredible for the time. You and know, what's like, hilarious is I just found out you could keep playing that game if you failed the missions. Cause I didn't fail any, w- any of them. Cause I'm fucking awesome. Yeah. I also didn't lose a single character in any of the Mass Effect games. Just saying. I didn't lose a single character. Mass Effect is one of the few games. Until the third game, like more. Um, I know know every single thing about Mass Effect. Like I, I can't get lost in anywhere in that game. Like I, I, I comfortably go back to Mass Effect two or three and just rebeat it all the time. You beat it all the time. I beat it all the time to Mass Effect. Yeah, so it's my uh, turn to uh, pick a... Uh, I didn't talk about my other game. Well, you talked about, ah. What are you talking about? You talked about your detective game, which was Adventure right, Time. Right, but then sorry. You talked about your... Uh, Give me a second. Um, I bought... Uh, when I was talking about... The uh, fuck going is going to, on right I now? said I went to That's Entertainment, remember? And okay, then go I, on. I derailed. Let him go on. I bought a game called Lanos. It's a game developed by Rising Star. Tell and it's an arcade port from Japan. And it's a 2D mech game it's like very metroidvania uh i bought it for 10 bucks and it was fucking super amazing and when i was i was blown away because i didn't know that i could find a game and i didn't want to talk about a disappointment i totally forgot that i played this game it was super cheap it's 2d it's a port it's great it's called lanos it's it's based off of uh earth attack from uh the uh, sega arcade that's it thank you that's the end of our that's the end of oh wait sorry mitch what do you want as always, thank you for listening. No, I got to give you guys your work. So we're going to do something exciting, I think. I think we're going to do something really fun. Okay. Uh, we're going on a field trip, boys, because oh, we're going to man. an arcade. And we're I don't foresee arc. any issues arcade? happening. Yeah, an arcade. What's an arcade? It's a place where you used to play video games before home consoles got like super good. So it's where you would go and, and play competitively. Before you could play online, say you want to play Mortal Kombat against someone, you had to leave your house most times. Is that where the DDR comes from? The DDR does <laughs> come from the arcades, yes. Yes. As does the Guitar Heroes. In uh, the no, Scarborough. That's, that's not Guitar Hero. That's it was Guitar Freak, which y- yeah. Harmonix completely ripped off and made Guitar <laughs> Hero. You know what? what? I own a Guitar Freak's guitar, and the system behind it is a lot different. Yes, but again, 
it's very obvious that oh, 100%, it was yeah. looked at and Activision went, I know how I can make money out of that. I dumped yes. $65 in a, a Asian mall in uh, Scarborough, the Pacific Mall, on mm-hmm. Time Crisis and uh, beat it. Time Crisis is a great game. Uh, Time Crisis 3? You've been what doing a, a lot of What was the it? one that... Um, Came out for the PlayStation 2 with the uh, nunchuck thing. That would be the three. Was it Time Crisis? Yeah. yeah, I'd be Time Crisis 3 in an Asian yeah, arcade. Yeah, three or two. It'd be two or three. God, that's shit's time fucking expensive. So yeah, it is. So, so Field Trip. Field, field trip. trip. That's our main th- game to, that we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about our, uh, the arcade games that we discover at the arcade. Mm-hmm. And our homework is I want you to uh, talk about your favorite, preferably your favorite, doesn't have to be, arcade port. Mm-hmm. Uh, fuck, I just played Lanos. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, um, thank you again for listening. Did you I'm say thank you? Thank you. Thank you for listening. I'm I'm Jamie. <laughs> and you're clearly having a stroke. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm Andre. And I'm Mitch. Oh, we're going to get some uh, medical help for you, bud. Uh, thank you for listening to our podcast. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs>